This is the Shift Podcast. Uh, Coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast, which we do every day, what is it actually like to own an electric car? Philip Dabrowski, he's a YouTuber specializing in EVs. He shares his experience of owning an electric, range issues, and more of the benefits and the cons of the EV lifestyle. On The Millennial on the radio, Ryan takes a look at mask mandates, COVID anxiety, and returns to normal for spring of 2022, plus a very cool Lego car. And are you okay with Canadian stereotypes? This is the Shift Podcast. Uh, are you okay? All right, we're going to start this off completely out of context. Hola, senor. We are gringos who wish to spend mucho dinero in your country. Splendid. Welcome to Canada. Oh! <laughs> are you okay with Canadian stereotypes? I would say... In general, yes. I enjoy it more when Canadians make fun of other Canadians, you know? Like yes. Like catch each other saying A. I right. say A a lot. Yeah. Uh, or bod and, you know, those tropes when we catch it. But I get annoyed, and this is shouldn't be surprising, if other people who are not Canadian – you know, the first thing, hi, I'm Canadian. Yeah. Oh, do you live in an igloo? That's no, that's I very tribal, home. right? Yeah, Isn't it? That's very. very that's like it's okay if our our own people make fun of us, but if someone who's not from here makes fun of it, then it's not okay. I actually mm-hmm. don't mind it. You know, I think it's maybe because uh I know so few of the stereotypes are are true. Like nobody lives in an igloo, you know? We're not all like some people think that. I mean, but, some indigenous people do right, absolutely, but, but like, and that's but, an important cultural part of Canada. Uh, but certainly, but a like guy in Toronto, who uh, in no. But what, what I'm saying no, is, like, if you travel not. the world, some people actually think it's like, oh, you're from yeah. Canada. Like, do you, re- you know? And it's like, it's no, nice, we have right? cities, no. normal cities, water. just yeah, you know. But I do say a a lot, and people catch me on it a lot. Yeah, it's a fun word to add. Yeah. Totally, I like when. American media makes fun of us. I like all of it because like, I, it's usually pretty benign as it is. I think we're right. a little sensitive most of the time right. to it. But no, it, it's it's usually they're like making fun of how polite we are or something. It's like it's not, it's yeah, not anything friendly. to get riled up about. No, yeah. totally. And The Simpsons, of course, a gold mine for highlighting some classic Canadian tropes. Okay, here are your fake Canadian health cards. Take them to any pharmacy and you'll get enough drugs to make Regina look like Saskatoon. <laughs> That's a good one, Johnny. Thanks a million, Johnny. In appreciation, I'd like to give you this DVD player. What the heck? Where do you pour the syrup? Well, circle cut my bacon. Look at all these Yankee doodly dandies. Is there another Vietnam going on? Hello, neighborino to the north. I sure like the cut of your gibberish. Cohen Doodly Oodly. Doodly Oodly. Pick a doodly. Doodly Oodly. Doodly Doodly. Doodly 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 Say, would you like to puff on a reeferino? It's legal here. They warned me Satan would be attractive. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, The Simpsons. It's just it plays every time. A man in Victoria may have just committed the most Canadian crime in history. Police say a man on rollerblades carrying a hockey stick was arrested after a toque robbery. Officers. Oh, oh, bud. 
Took robbery, eh? Officers responded to reports that said a man was striking garbage cans with a hockey stick. I feel like I have an accent just coming on as I read this. With a hockey stick Monday afternoon. A second caller reported the same man causing a disturbance and striking windows of a nearby business with the hockey stick. He didn't break the windows, though, because we're polite. As officers were en route to the call, a third person reported that the hockey stick-wielding man on rollerblades chased her on the sidewalk. The suspect approached the victim from behind, pushed the back of her head, and stole her toque. Thankfully, the suspect then fled the area on rollerblades and was not injured in the incident. The suspect attempted to evade police by rollerblading around the police car. However, (laughs) officers on foot caught the suspect, and he faces recommended charges of robbery. Rollerblades, eh? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. That, uh... What was the motivation there? He had, right? His like head he was just, cold. He committed to, and I'm glad everybody's okay. But how do you describe that situation to your friends? What happened? You were attacked? Yep. By who? Uh, just, a, just a hoser, eh? Yeah. <laughs> just, just, a, just a straight up bud. Right. He squeezed the stick and, uh, you know, pulled the trigger, took my toque off. Yeah, this I love is it. probably a real conversation that happened I love after it. this. I love it. All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with your shoe size? No, actually. My feet are too big for my height. Hmm. I have size 11 feet and I'm 5'7". I should be taller. Seriously? Wow. Yeah, I'm shocked to learn feet. this, Ryan. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's really annoying. I, I don't know why. It's I should be taller. I'm not, but I have big feet. And it's like I'd rather just have an huh. average... Yeah. Two size of like a nine, like a nine and a half or like yeah. a 10. Yeah. But 11 is just absurd. Yeah. 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 Brandon Kelly? Ah, pretty proportionate. I mean, I'm six foot two and I got like size 12. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's They're easy to find. Yeah. 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 I love my shoe size. I am five foot nine and my shoe size is nine, which is the best. Wow. And I'm sorry, Ryan, but what that means, all this little known fact of, only sneaker guys will know this. All samples shoes are size nine. Samples are usually all. I shouldn't say all, but almost always. So if you go to a sample sale or like anywhere that they're like giving away shoes, because that happens, usually they're size nines. I've gotten lots of sample shoes for a ridiculously low price because they fit. Uh, all of us need a left and a right shoe, not one or the other. A thief decided to pull off a grand heist of sneakers. Just one problem. He only stole left pairs of sneakers. And of course... It happened in Florida. What does it mean to be from Florida? Florida. Straight drip. (laughs) All right, let's hear the story of the left foot bandit. The thief broke into a shoe store and ripped off some pricey kicks from the Lux MIA near 23rd Avenue and Coral Way yesterday. Surveillance video shows the crook creating a hole in the ceiling and then drops down and starts grabbing shoes on display. Taking them back up the roof, he got away with more than 20 shoes, but will likely have some trouble selling them. Here's why. The most messed up thing about it is that they took a bunch of left shoes. Just come forward and drop off the shoes. Just leave them here. I don't, I don't need to turn them over to the cops. I don't care about that. Um, I pray that God put some sense into them and they just do the right thing at least. Again, they were all left shoes. And if you live in Florida and you have information, uh, you may be eligible for a reward of up to $5,000. Hmm. 
for Not shoes. Uh, this reminds me. I so. I snowboard and at a local yeah. snowboard mountain, uh, you know, they have snowboard parks and the rails and the features are all sort of uh, sponsored at DC shoes. The shoe company had made like a like sort of a fun box thing out of clear plexiglass. And to be creative, they filled it with shoes and they had to put stickers all over it, telling people that all of the shoes in the box were left shoes, left footed shoes to stop people from smashing it open and taking the shoes but it it didn't it didn't stop anyone they still they still did it excited smash the shoes i mean they were nice shoes that this guy took like they were expensive shoes that he that he stole and but he just grabbed them straight off the wall there's a reason why they put the right Right. shoe in the in the back right and then he just the video is objectively weird because you could see him coming out of the ceiling and then crawling up into this tiny hole in the ceiling um but yeah, he's kind of stuck here. So yeah, he should probably just actually. You know what? One time when I worked at EB Games, there was a guy who stole eighty-five cases off the wall. Right, like over a one day, he yeah, came yeah. back in and kept stealing cases. Those cases are empty; they're completely empty. So he thought he was stealing all these video games, but they were just empty. And then the next day, when we showed up to work, sure enough, all of the cases were stacked <laughs> in front of the door. All of them. So, at least he's polite enough to return them. Yeah, there is that. that. All right. Are you okay with partying? Yeah. Who isn't? Let's party. Uh, I don't know. I'm too old now. No, I'm too old. Oh, come on. Nah, too old. I feel like you're a party animal. Nah, I used to be. In the right situation. I could see Uh, that. Back in the day, but now, no. Now I just want to, I don't know, drink uh, tea and I would probably turn in early if I had that kind of sleep schedule. (laughs) See, but you can you can still party in a way that suits your lifestyle, like the day party, you know, like I still uh, I still like to party as long as I can be home by, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I don't know. You know, I'm pretty, pretty introverted. I usually just interact with humans on a transactional basis. <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK. Kind of take this as a challenge. Maybe we need to get Brendan Kelly out okay. to a party. Yeah, maybe show you a good time. All right. Are you okay with old school rockers? The legends of rock and roll are often built like tanks and they know how to party. Ozzy Osbourne comes to mind. That man is a machine, except for when he wakes up early in the morning and thinks someone has stolen his beers. Hi, darling. Someone has been in my room and taken my beers away from my room. I don't think so, darling. Uh, Who would do that? Who could possibly do that? Who's the beer thief? You. You're the beer thief. (laughs) And of course, when it comes to indestructible rock gods, yes, Keith Richards. He has to be the biggest legend of them all. His drug and alcohol use is well known, and he's reflected on that in pretty amazing ways. You're not really aware of it at first. My my first... uh feeling was about that. I mean, I'm working with these guys that are, you know, older. I'm on, on the road. And we're 19, 20 years old. And it's taken its toll on us, you know, the road work. You know, and these guys are older and they're all together. And uh, said, how do you do this, man? What's the secret? You know, well, you take one of these, you smoke a little of that. Ah. 
the penny drops, you know. But at the same time, it it was all backstage and a sort of uh, secret. Getting in is easy. Getting out is difficult. Mm, wise words. But now Keith is giving up smoking after 55 years. Yes, that is a long time. He's 78, and he revealed that he quietly quit smoking two years ago after 55 years of lighting up. The Rolling Stones guitarist, who utilized nicotine patches to make the transition, has experienced the benefits of performing with clear lungs, saying, luckily, I don't miss it, and that makes me feel good until I started rehearsing for the tour last August, and then I realized... I had 10 times more wind. I mean, yeah. Did either of you guys ever smoke? Just, like twice. Yeah. I was very drunk at like 18 and like at a party yeah. or like a bar and everybody's doing it. So you try it and then you think you're cool and you wake up in the morning and the, the taste is so You feel like an ashtray. Yeah. yeah. No, not for Gross. me. Well, very cool. I'm glad for that. Keith Richards. Hopefully he uh, sticks around for another 55 years. This is the Shift Podcast. Okay, so supply chain is going to be a thing. Uh, CP rail strike, that's going to be a thing. That's going to get worse. Uh, There's a chance the gas is going to continue to go up even more, which is absolutely insane. And uh, what are you doing about it? Are you making any changes in your life? Everybody that I seem to talk to uh, is talking about electric cars. And for good reason, gas is two bucks a liter in British Columbia. It's extremely expensive. It's so much money spent on gas uh, across the country. And so what do you do? Do you drive less? Do you look at riding a bike? Do you take transit? Uh, Nope. We all plan on spending $50,000 on buying an electric car because that's the solution. And, may, and maybe it is. I, I don't really know. But I know a lot of people are, are thinking about this. I've had conversations with friends who are uh, ready to start looking at a new car in the next you know, 12, 18 months type of thing. And if they weren't thinking about electric cars before, they sure are now. They sure are now. I think that's the case for a lot of people. Uh, If you look online on Craigslist, on Facebook Marketplace, finding an electric car, that is a task in and of itself. There's a whole lot to unpack here. So uh, it's going to be a big transition as electric cars become more and more and more commonplace. So to help sort it out, uh, I have invited onto the show Philip Dabrowski. He runs a YouTube channel called Left Coast EV. Now, if you know anything about cars or anything about YouTube, You know that product reviews on YouTube is a huge part of that website. And uh, car reviews are – like there's tons of them, tons of channels, tons of people doing car reviews. But Philip has started one focusing specifically on the electric car. It's my pleasure to uh, to welcome him here to The Shift. Hi, Philip. Let me ask you first, right out of the gate, why did you decide to start a YouTube channel that focuses only on electric vehicles? I think because there's just so many misconceptions about it, you know, uh, a lot of people don't understand electric cars yet because it's a new thing. It's a new technology that we're not used to having. And uh, a lot of people are interested in it, but are also worried about buying one. Right. So, you know, I'll, I'll share my experience of owning a vehicle and maybe it can benefit people and they can make a choice. Right. If they want to get one or not. Yeah. What you're talking about is so universal. I feel like everyone I know is talking about buying electric cars or having these conversations amongst themselves of 
We want to get another car as a family. We just don't know what we're going to get yet. We're interested in electrics, but we're not quite ready to make the plunge or, or pull the trigger yet. And, you know, maybe in five years when we have to buy another new car, then we'll look at electric. But of course, now gas prices have skyrocketed. And I just feel like that's accelerated that timeline basically for everyone. Like everyone now is talking about owning an electric car. Have, have you found that? Oh, yeah. Now the waiting time to get an electric car is, you know, a few months out. Yeah, it's not easy to purchase one right now. So let me ask you, do you have all electric vehicles or do you still own a gas car? No more gas cars. I switched to 100 percent electric. And are you happy with that decision or do you feel like you would ever go back to driving a gas powered vehicle? Never, 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 never. I love driving electric. I like the instant torque. I like not having to pay $2 a liter for gas. And now we're talking only about, you know, regular gas. If you have a luxury car, you're paying premium prices for fuel, right? Even more expensive. Yeah. So no, I know I, I don't miss gas cars at all. And, you know, I feel like my electric car can do everything a gas car can do. Okay, so that's probably the first thing that people worry about when we start to talk about electric cars is can it do everything that a normal car does? And I think the first place people go when they hear that is range anxiety. Can this car go as far as long as easily as a gas car can? That's the thing everybody talks about. And you know what? I've driven already in one car, my Kia, 25,000 kilometers. Um, I got the Tesla, 18,000 kilometers, right? And never, ever have I felt range anxiety even once. And I drove okay. through, through BC into Alberta last summer on a road trip with my family, 3,500 kilometers all across BC and Alberta, no issues, always found a charger. It was always working and I got to my destination, no problem. So when you do that, you just map out your, your route ahead of time and know where all the chargers are. And then that's, that's basically where you go. Exactly. So with my Kia, it doesn't have a route planner built in. So you have to get an app. And the app will tell you where to go, where to charge. But if you buy a Tesla, it does it for you. So it's really simple. All you have to do is get in the car, say you want to go to Calgary, and it will tell you where to charge, for how long, and when are you going to reach your destination. It's super simple. So people who are really worried about range anxiety, just get a Tesla. It's easy. Now, we always get these stories. One seems to come up every summer that out in the middle of nowhere, there's only one charging station. And uh, there was a four hour lineup for cars to to wait to, you know, have to charge their car because every car in the lineup is taking two hours. That's never happened to you. That's never been your experience. You've never had to wait to get a charge. I did once. So yes, I waited about, I think, about 10 minutes to get a charger. But it was a weekend. It was a beautiful day. And everybody was out driving. So I guess, you know, you have to wait a little bit. But, you know, people line up, everybody waits their turn. And everybody knows that, you know, car charges quick. You don't have to wait too long. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm very open to the idea of an electric car. My wife and I have talked about it a lot. I love the idea of helping the planet. I love the idea of not uh, paying for gas. But uh, we're just not at the place right now where we need to replace a car. And when we do, we'll probably have that conversation. But one of the things that we always hear is like, oh, the infrastructure is not there. There's not enough charging stations because the infrastructure is not there. But I always say, and I tell myself this too, uh, we didn't always have a gas station on every corner. We built it. It took decades and decades to build all this infrastructure and roads and gas stations and stuff. And we can do it again if that's if that's what we want as a society. Okay, so that's how you charge on a road trip. But tell me about charging at home. What do you do? Do you have chargers there? How does that work? So for I live in a condo in Coquitlam, so I don't have charging in my garage. 
Okay, so I okay. rely on public charging, 100%. So um, I'm lucky enough to live very close to the Kukulam City Hall. They installed a couple of very slow chargers that are free to use. You can just show up, plug in with a re regular household outlet, yeah, and charge your car overnight, which is plenty enough range to go to work and come back home for most people. So basically, it's a free charge. I don't pay anything to charge there. So I drive the whole week without paying a cent. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, sounds like a pretty fantastic setup you've got there, charging it back to the city to uh, to charge your car up. Very cool. So, okay, that's incredible. Free driving, essentially, is what we're talking about here. And, I mean, with gas prices the way they are, that would make, yeah, absolutely a real, real difference for so, so, so many people. Now, because you're uh, so versed in the world of electric cars, I'm assuming you might know this, but if you don't, that's okay. What would it cost if you did have a charge? installed at home and you were charging exclusively at home what would that do to your electricity bill so for my kia sol ev it's a 64 kilowatt battery it will cost around five dollars four to five dollars depending on the rate going to a hundred percent battery so five dollars to charge your car up uh from you know 10 or 12 percent up to a hundred percent about five dollars now my vehicle you know i drive a small suv with a four-cylinder it costs about a hundred bucks so for every hundred dollars i'm spending you're only spending five dollars and that's even if you had a home charger you're just billing it back to the city charging at their station but wow that's some pretty incredible savings it is it is it is and that's something that people don't realize right how much money you can actually save but of course, you know, there's always a negative. Okay, so I'm glad you're bringing this up because I was going to ask, there has to be a downside. Yeah, so the entry point for buying an electric car is much higher than a gas car. So up front, you're paying way more money for something that, for example, a Kia Soul EV costs over $50,000 with taxes, right? And it's a, it's a Kia. It's one of the most basic Kias they have, right? So if you buy that, you know, as a gas version, you're paying about 20, 25, maybe 30,000. So there is a premium associated with that, right? But, you know, depends on longevity. How long are you going to keep your car? If you're going to be driving for the next 10 years and using that only one car, because you don't have to do maintenance with an electric car at all. So you're saving on, um, you know, oil changes, brakes. You don't use brakes because you have regenerative braking, right? The right. engine breaks the car. Well, not the engine, the motor breaks the car, right? Yeah, and that's a factor that I think a lot of people aren't aware of is how little maintenance there actually is on an electric car. You don't have this engine with all the moving parts that need to be replaced, like different pumps and, I don't know, compressors, belts, oil changes, all of that type of stuff. And like you say, the brakes last a whole lot longer. So there's a huge cost savings there there as well. So I'm, I'm sure you've done the math here, uh, Philip. How long would you need to own an electric car until you saw that extra amount that you uh, put forward up front to purchase it? How long would you need to own it to see that savings come back to you? I would say I mean, around five, five years, which is, you know, most of people when they're buying a car on, on, on credit, five years is the term that they choose. So right. within five years, it pays off, right? And you haven't even spoken about HOV access. So if you work downtown, you just bypass everybody on the highway and you're at work much sooner than everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. That is a huge perk. Being able to here in BC use the carpool lane. I'm sure there are uh, similar uh, there's similar legislation in other provinces and other parts of the world where if you have an electric car, you don't need to have a bunch of carpoolers in it with you to use uh, the HOV lane. That's definitely uh, worth some bucks and savings there as well. But uh, there's other perks that you get too, right? Is is the government still doing rebates on electric cars? 
They are. So that's another big thing, right? Like uh, I, I said to you, it's 50,000 to buy the car, but that does not include any of the rebates that are associated with purchasing a car, right? So BC right now pays you, I believe, 5,000 or is it the federal government's 5,000 and then 3,000 from BC? I, I, I can't, but it's around 8,000 uh, as a subsidy for buying an electric car right now. Okay. And BC Hydro subsidizes you to install and purchase a home charger too. So you can get a grant for that as well. If you're an early adopter, like me, you get all the benefits, right? Just like with Teslas, people don't realize that if you bought a Tesla a few years ago, you get free supercharging for life. Right. You never have to pay for charging. But because you purchase a car as a first initial adopter of the vehicle, you get those benefits. So that's kind of what we're getting right now. We're getting the discounts. We're getting that HOV access. And, you know, it's great. So I think more people should be jumping onto this and, and getting an electric instead of a gas car, definitely. So you run a YouTube channel where you review electric cars and talk about electric cars. And of course, you know a ton about them. So if there was somebody who is thinking about making the switch or trying out an electric car, but maybe they're still hesitant, they're not really sure where to start or uh, what it's going to all entail, I guess, where where is a good place for somebody to start their electric car journey? I think first watch some YouTube videos because a lot of the dealerships are not really familiar with selling electric cars. Hmm. They've done gas cars for ages, right? That's what they know. That's their bread and butter. So when I went to buy my Kia, I did my research on my own because I knew that the salesman wouldn't be able to answer all my questions. So I think the first starting point is watch a lot of YouTube videos, decide what kind of car you want to get, and then go for a test drive. And when you go for a test drive, you're going to be sold. Because the, the, the feeling of driving an EV is way different than a gas car. Um, that instant power, that instant torque you get off the line is, is amazing. You know, look, even, even looking at my situation, I bought my first EV last year in April. Okay. And at that time, my EV was the fastest charging one for that price point. I was not even looking at the Porsche Taycan, which charged super fast. Right. But fast forward to today, and we have the Kia EV6 and the Hyundai Ioniq 5 that charge within 20 minutes from 10 to 80%. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty amazing because we have this idea that you're just going to be sitting there at the charging station for hours or you're going to have to plug your car in and just leave it for hours. But that's totally not the case anymore. Oh, you're not. Even for me, when I was on my road trip, you know, I have a son, he's 11 years old. And when we stopped to charge, we always wanted to go to, you know, the washroom. We went to buy something to drink. You know, it takes time, right? And the car is charging while we're doing that. And it takes us about 20 minutes and my car charges in 40 minutes. And even if I don't want to wait for another 20 minutes, I unplug and go to the next charger because it's not that far away. Very cool. Very cool stuff. And very informative, Philip. So if people are interested and they want to know more, they want to research or maybe watch some of your videos because they're amazing and incredibly informative, not just about why electric is so great, but which specific electric could work best for you and your family. Where can they go? Where can they get in touch with you? Where can they find out more information? So you can get in touch with me uh, through my YouTube channel. So that's Left Coast TV. So just go open up uh, YouTube, search for it, and you'll find it. It's one of the first uh, search results. And in the description of uh, uh, my channel there, I have my contact details and email that you guys can get in touch with me. This is the Shift Podcast. Of all the cars in the world, though, that I think are are iconic, I mean, there's different types. You know, there's classic cars like Aston Martins and Ferraris and Lamborghinis that are classic, or American-built cars, Chryslers and Caddies and all that, right? But there's just this one car that always 
sticks in my mind. It's a very special car. It's unconventional. It's classic. It's retro. Featured prominently in a movie. And uh, despite it performing terribly and being an objectively terrible car, (laughs) I want one so, so bad. And what's great about it is I now can have one. A micro-scaled down version of one, but nevertheless, it's probably the closest I'll ever get to having one. And that's because uh, Lego has announced a new set. I gotta say, the timing of this is pretty annoying because I just spent a absurd amount of money on one Lego set and then they announced this. It's almost 2,000 pieces. It's pretty big. And it's a throwback legend. I'm not going to tell you what the car is because, um, honestly, you can probably figure it out with this end. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Besides, the stainless steel construction made the flux dispersal. Look out! <laughs> Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. Yes, Lego is making a DeLorean. Uh, it is not just, you know, a DeLorean model. It's the Back to the Future DeLorean. So what's really cool about this is it's a three-in-one set, and you get to choose which version of the DeLorean to build. So the first one, you know, with the giant uh, pole hanging out yeah. the back so it could catch yeah, yeah. The, the wire. And when the it hits the clock tower. Yep. The, uh, the other version has the... Uh, what did they call it? The garbage thing. Uh, Mr. Uh, Fusion. Mr. Fusion. Yes. Yep. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> With the flying tires. I love the movie so much. Of course. And then also the version in Back to the Future 3 where they add that thing to the hood so it can, you know, uh, right. go back to the future. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Cattle uh, cattle pusher. Did they put a, ca- a, they cat put a cattle pusher on it? Yeah, they did. Because they, had, they pushed it by a train. They used a train yes. and, back, and then yes. the... the it goes off the tracks at the end, and the fire the fire that it leaves is in the air over the ravine. Gosh, that's a great movie. But you bring up a great point that no one would even know what a DeLorean is if it wasn't no. for those movies. No, absolutely not. Uh, well, I mean, I don't. it wouldn't have the same staying power. No. Definitely not. There's but you are right. There's a great documentary on the DeLorean on Netflix that I recommend watching. Uh, it's an interesting look at the man. Uh, who designed the car, its story, such as the fact that it was built in Northern Ireland uh, and for, and the, the strange deals around it. Um, but the, the DeLorean itself is amazing. Amazing. And this set is so cool <laughs> because it also comes with classics. You get Doc, you get Marty, you also get like the hoverboard, you get all of these uh, individual... Uh, Easter eggs, we'll call them. Little hints at the Back to the Future, uh, you know, mythos. I guess it probably has a bit of a mythos. Sure. And yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's a pretty sweet set. I highly recommend checking this one out. It's a great model. Uh, 220 Canadian, which uh, is expensive, but uh, cheaper than I thought. That does uh, seem cheaper than I thought. I'm looking yeah, it up right it's now. it's mostly because the uh, the licensing is probably not as expensive. Okay, I'm just discovering something, right? You obviously use StockX, right? I do. So this thing is for sale on StockX right now. Early copies? Yeah, there's going to be some early ones. That's the thing? 
Oh, that yeah, okay. So that's the thing is like people yeah. get it and they wow. Okay, you can get one right now for two hundred twenty-seven bucks on StockX. Oh, oh two hundred fifty-four. Now, yeah. yeah. If you really need it, you probably don't need it right away. Yeah. But there you go. But gosh, it looks stinking it cool. Does look pretty, it hey? does look pretty cool. I love eh? that yeah. they have done this. I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's totally, it's like, uh, it's it's meant to just appease people like us, right? Yes, Who are going to nerd is. out about the car and nerd out about mm-hmm. the movies and the Lego sets and stuff. Yes. Uh, fun fact, Ryan, I actually know where there is a DeLorean. I know the gar- I know the garage that it is in. I know the street that it is on, and it's sitting in the garage, and it has the window sticker in the window. It's like never been driven. It's never been driven. What? Yeah, a guy bought one or somehow got one from a dealership. This is uh, in a, in the town that I grew up in, and he just is like, nope, just keeping it. I just like it. It's become a thing, and I'm just keeping it. And people have gone to his house and offered to buy it off him and stuff, and he's like, no way, not selling it. So if you come up with enough money, I could tell you where you could find one, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's going to get sold. It's fair. They're making a new one. Yeah, like an an all-electric. It's going to be crazy. I'll check that one out. The the other story I wanted to talk about uh, is a little bit more serious, and it has to do with masks. I know we all hate talking about masks and also wearing them, but we had to, and some of us still need to uh, as part of our day-to-day lives. But I have started to come to grips with the fact that I don't have the requirement to wear mine in public anymore. Hmm. And it is a strange feeling, I will say that. Going into the mall today, I walked around without my mask on. I just, you know, I felt comfortable enough. It was a Sunday. It wasn't too busy. And uh, most people were not. And in Alberta, I'd say the the attitude on masks is a little bit different than in some provinces. Like in British Columbia, I know that when I went to uh, BC in the summer, when there was no mask mandate, uh, everyone was still wearing them everywhere right it it would in comparison to alberta oh yeah absolutely totally so uh, it's a little bit different of an attitude but still it's kind of a weird thing we've one of the things i thought is uh, that's find so surprising is i thought that the second that mask mandates were lifted and and life starts to get back to normal it would be a flip but it's not it's very strange Hmm. seeing someone smile seeing someone's expression seeing uh, their face when you go into the store and they ask you how you're doing and you, you know, make a purchase, you make a transaction. That transaction, that experience is different now. And going back to that is not as easy as I would thought. So more provinces across the country are emerging from the pandemic and it's still here. There's no question that it's not gone. We are going to have more waves. What those waves look like and how they impact us, we cannot tell. We don't know. But Today, Monday, right now, Ontario, Nova Scotia are scrapping almost all indoor mask mandates. I just wanted to get this update for you because now this makes it a pretty common rule now across our country that the mask mandate is, for now, yeah, no more. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting to sort of hear about it in Alberta and contrast that with other places. Uh, I, I've experienced the same thing. I have gone, actually over the weekend, my wife and I went to a restaurant, didn't wear a mask going in, you know, didn't have one in my pocket. I would have worn one, but didn't have one in my pocket, walked right in. All the staff were wearing masks. We went and sat at the bar and had a drink and such. But uh, yeah, I feel like here, I was sort of expecting, like you said, Ryan, that we're going to drop the mandates and people will just be like, hooray, no, don't have to wear a mask anymore. Don't have to fuss around with it. Gone. I have noticed, like I go into, you know, I don't know, the Home Depot and, and I'm not wearing a mask and I feel like I'm in the minority. The majority of yep. people are still wearing masks, which, hey, rock on. I think it's fantastic. And I think that that is uh, probably one of the things that, that we should uh, – I mean, I think if somebody wants to wear a mask, they should be able to. But it, c- it can just basically kind of like self-regulate, right? That some yep. people, if they, if they want to wear it, they can. And if they don't want and, – and just honestly, let people be people. If they, do- they want to wear a mask, be cool with that. If they don't want to wear a mask, be cool with that, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't fuss risk. around about it. Totally. You have to assess your risk. You have to assess what your situation is and how, um, what your vulnerability is like. And, uh, you know, I went to a dance party in my favorite bar last weekend. Um, I went and saw the Batman in a packed theater a couple weeks ago. And this weekend I saw it again. It's excellent. <laughs> I haven't seen um, it once yet. It's fantastic. Uh, and I'm trying to get back to normal. I'm trying to figure out what my new normal is. Derek texts in Edmonton, uh, where you guys are, do you still have to wear a mask on transit, cabs, ride shares? Yes. Yes. In yeah. Transit. And, and these are the situations where I think it makes a lot of sense to wear a mask in general. I think going forward, I'm going to keep wearing a mask on transit, uh, in cabs, that kind of thing. It makes total sense. Well, here's uh, the thing. I haven't been sick in two years and I don't want to get sick. Sucks. So it hits you like a yeah. freight train when you do nowadays. And it's it's weird. So uh, before we banter more on what it's like to lose the mask or to decide to continue wearing it, uh, this is everything happening in Ontario and Nova Scotia today that you should know about, regardless of if you live there or not. Provinces across the country are slowly emerging from the pandemic. Tomorrow, Ontario and Nova Scotia scrap most of their indoor mask requirements. But as Ross Lord reports, Canada's top health officials warn the pandemic is far from over. After two years of facial coverings that have annoyed some Canadians and infuriated others, each passing week brings more flexibility. It's personal freedom um, on both sides. Definitely ready to take off that mask. If I go to a large group like a hockey game or something, I'll probably still going to wear a mask, etc. But uh, there's sometimes that it's nice not to wear a mask, like in a nice sunny day like today. Coinciding with the arrival of spring, Nova Scotians are about to breathe a sigh of relief. No more required distancing, no more gathering or capacity limits. And at the same time as Ontario, no more automatic masking, except for high-risk settings and classrooms. Most staff will probably keep their masks on for the first little bit to assess the situation. Um, I'll definitely keep wearing my mask. Proof of vaccine requirements are also being removed other than in healthcare settings. With fewer Canadians in hospital, the majority of other provinces have already eased COVID-19 restrictions, citing higher vaccine rates and a need to guard mental health and the economy. But public health messaging on masks can seem contradictory. 
with the Omicron BA2 variant causing infections to rise again in some parts of the world, Canada's top doctor suggests it's too soon to resign masks to the garbage heap of history. We're in a period of uncertainty where, um, you know, the, the virus is still undergoing evolution. So getting up to date with vaccines plus wearing a mask is still a really good idea. As more restrictions are lifted, Dr. Tam says a spring bump in cases should not be surprising. The hope is BA2 outbreaks will be offset by people enjoying warmer weather outside where the virus spreads more slowly. Hope also springs eternal that Canadians will respect each other's decisions when it comes to issues like if and when to mask up. Ross Lord, Global News. That's, that's the thing. There's, this, there's just this, we have to be better people to each other. And mm-hmm. I think masks have been a way that a lot of us have been awful to each other. From Duane and Calgary, those people who decide to continue wearing masks, let them. If you bug them about it, you're not educating them. You're being a butt. It's not what he wrote, but that's I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> and I agree, right? And it's... I actually kind of enjoy seeing this balance and people are confident. People still wear it. I like that a lot of staff are still wearing masks. I know that if I was still working retail, I would absolutely be wearing mine. And you just have to pick when it feels right. You know, walking around a mall, I know you're surrounded by a bunch of people, but it doesn't feel so tight and cramped. I know the logic there isn't sound, but that's just how I felt. Um, But walking into a tight, cramped uh, store or restaurant, uh, stuff like that, you know, I'll assess the risk there. It's just, this is, this is going to be a very strange transition, transition period. Spring is going to be weird, right? The cases we're going to have these moments of anxiety, moments of relief. And I think we just all need to take it a day at a time. Don't pass judgment and take a deep breath. I know that there's still protests happening in Calgary. Six people were arrested for lockdown protests that are still happening, which I wow. find so silly. Like, and I, Take, this, this is a totally separate thing. And I mean it in all, in, in all seriousness. Like, what are, like, pro, what are you protesting? What are they protesting? I'm not trying to take us off track here, but like. But it's a good point. I, I think the anger this attitude we have, it can be way better. And if yeah. we want to do a better job of recovering as a country, not just economically, I mean, personally, restoring this this identity that we're very proud of in Canada, we got to be nicer to each other. We got to take a deep breath and just smile whether you're wearing yeah. a mask or not. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.